You're listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. Doing good. It's a good day when we can come in God's house and worship, huh? Freely worship. Uh, when Jason started, we're going to switch gears for just a few minutes. When Jason uh, got up here, he talked a little bit about the uh, table in the back. And uh, there's some cards on the table. If you guys want to go by there and get one anytime throughout the service, they look like this. It's a little card, and it's got a verse on it. And uh, this is a scripture card. So go in the back of the room, grab one. And just throughout the evening or throughout your day, go ahead and just study it. Think about it. But more importantly... Pray to God to give you the understanding of how you can apply this in your life. Because this is huge. One of the things that we've kind of emphasized since we started Gravity just a couple months ago was getting to know God one-on-one. And that really starts right here with the Bible, through scripture cards in this case, but just reading. Okay? So we're going to talk a little bit about God's word, scripture, for a couple minutes. Those of you who haven't been in church or might be new here, As you start attending church, one verse that you're going to hear a lot of is Psalms 119-105. And this is kind of like the foundation upon what so much more is built on. I'm going to read it to you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Simple, right? But it's huge. When you start thinking about word being a lamp and a light, for me, what I have to think about is camping. This is a lantern. It's got a lot of dust on it. My dad's sitting in the back of the room back there. When I was a little kid, he used to take us to this place called Hermit's Valley. 13,500 feet. There's snow in July sometimes, so it's like freezing. I tried to take my family up there, and they're just dying. They're like, let's go home. Back down in the valley, my wife's like, it's too hot. So hot, cold, hot, cold. Anyway, that's another story. But when you get up there, all you see is moonlight and starlight, and it's just so stinking dark. And in the middle of the night, when you got to go to the bathroom as a little kid, and you zip the tent open, it's like terrifying because you heard about bears being in the woods, and you just don't want to be a snack in the middle of the night. So you bring things like this. I was going to show you how cool it is when you turn it on, but this one's like dead. It doesn't work. It's like... But I think that kind of illustrates a better point, though, in a way, right? My light doesn't work, so I can't see, you know? Um... So without that, walking around in the dark, I'd just be tripping and falling, right? So we do live in a world of darkness. Even though, like, the sun shines in the daytime, you're going to be at work. You're going to be at school, wherever you might be. It's going to be dark. And so God's word, that's our light. The Bible can help us see in a dark world. It's going to give us guidance and reveals that which we would not be able to see normally when it's dark. So that's the first point I wanted to make about Scripture. Secondly, I'm going to put my lantern down. I'll take it later, Jay. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. Now, this is a really, really interesting verse to me. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper. You guys remember that word sharper? It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Now, reading in the Bible, you're going to see what we call parables. Jesus talked a lot about parables, and... What's so cool about parables is that it's like, you don't understand this, so I'm going to kind of put it in a way that you will understand it. 
Okay, and, and he, people just got it and spoke. It's like he explained it through a parable, and it's like it totally made sense. That verse isn't a parable. It's what I call a comparative reference. He's comparing the word of God, which he said is alive and powerful in the first part, and he's saying it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. So when you're comparing two things, you've got to ask yourself about what he's comparing it to. In this verse, he's talking about a sword, okay? So what is the significance of a sword? Back then, soldiers had swords, right? They would fight with them. The significance of a sword, if you read through the Bible, it's like the word sword, you're going to find it everywhere, almost in like every chapter, somewhere or another. But when I read about it, entire nations rose and fell at the edge of a sword when diplomacy failed, of course, right? But uh, when it really came down to it and they couldn't work it out, they would fight. People would die. I mean, as young men, these guys would probably be practicing with their sword, right? They would, like, know how long the blade was, how heavy it was, the balance. They'd probably practice pulling it in and out, and, you know, they'd know all the cool techniques, and there's probably some guy that was like, this guy does this, you block it this way, and you get him that way, and, you know, I don't know. But uh, these guys would know their sword. They'd know it. They would know this technique, and, and there's a reason why. Someday, everything that they believed in, everything they represented, could be possibly tied to that familiarity with that weapon. They would have to know this thing because everything that they believed in, their families, their nation, their faith, it all could depend on that, right? So, Hebrews 4.12 is saying that God's word is sharper than that. It's sharper than that. He's saying that this word, this Bible, what is in it, what lives in us, we're God's word, right? When we know God's word, it becomes alive in us and the things that we do and the things that we say, our relationships with other people, I mean, everything, this thing will change your thinking, the way you react to situations. And so the more you know this, the better off you're going to be. So when he's saying that my word is sharper than a tool that can change the fate of a nation, how cool is that? How cool is that? I mean, I, I think about that, I'm like, wow. I think I probably should read this a little more. So my, I grab my little scripture card. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, Second Corinthians 9.8. So... You know, when I go sit down again, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to think about it. I'm going to pray, God, show me how to use this in my life, right? So there's a bunch of them back there, and I hope you guys do the same. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So he says this cup is the new covenant. So what, what is the new covenant? Well, um, we need to look at what the old covenant is. And what the old covenant is, is that um, was the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses. And he brought down from the mountain on the, on the stone tablets. And uh, basically, you had to follow all these rules. And if you followed those rules, then you were okay with God. But um, it, the Bible tells us in Romans that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we, uh, it was kind of a bad deal for us because we couldn't really measure up. So the new covenant came when Jesus came to fulfill the law of Moses. And um, the old covenant was written on stone, but the new covenant is written on our hearts. Um, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, it says, But this day the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day. I'm sorry. This is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put their law, 
my law in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So the new covenant is this, that we are made right in God's eyes through Jesus' death when he shed his blood on the cross for us. So that's what the the cup represents. Corinthians goes on to say, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. So communion is another way of worship, and it's a very personal thing, and it's just a holy moment between you and God. So I'm just going to share like how I, how I approach it, and um, maybe you guys can take something from that that you can use. When I take the bread and the juice, I'm reminded that Jesus came as a man, and he walked on this earth, and that his body was broken for me, for my sins, and his blood was shed for me as a sign of the new covenant. It reminds me that he died for me and that by his death, I got to trade my huge mess of a life for forgiveness, for a relationship with the God who created this whole place and who loved me in spite of me. And I got a really good deal in that bargain. <laughs> I'm like really, really grateful for it. So, um, so that's what I do. I remember that, you know, and then I, and then I examine myself and I just take a good honest look of, of what What have I been doing? How have I been living? Like, what's been going on in my heart and in my words and in my actions? And um, and I know because his law is written on my heart. I know what's right and wrong. So if I'm really, really honest with myself, I can say, I can say, well, this is what's been going on. You know, I um, I was talking bad about my coworker this week. You know, and that wasn't right. You know, and God forgive me because I messed up once again. You know, so I just. Whatever it is, whatever's going on this week, I can confess it and repent and, and ask, ask for God's help and then just lay myself at the feet of Jesus once again and just be grateful for his love and his sacrifice and his gift and his peace. And I realize that I've been forgiven much. Um, Jason's been talking about forgiveness a lot and he's, um, they're gonna sing a song in a little bit called Much and it just really, really speaks to my heart. Um, Anyway, every time I take communion, I just get to just do this again. I just get to trade all of my mess and all of my junk for the kingdom of heaven. And I'm so very, very grateful for that. So I just invite you guys to take communion and um, spend some time with God. Thanks. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing. It's a hymn of praise to our God. And when I see it, many will see what he has done and be astounded, and they will put their trust in the Lord. God, tonight our hearts are a little softer than they were when we walked through the doors. Our hearts a little bit more able to feel 
the emotions that you want us to feel. Our hearts are closer to you. Because God, when we get near you, you make us right. So God, I thank you for the the unbelievable ability to just connect with you in a way that's personal, in a way that's real. And God, as I've just read, I pray, God, that you would touch our hearts and give us a new song to sing, a song that's personal, a song that's just ours. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. We want to be yours. We want to be yours, God. We want to be yours. Amen. Would you sit down for just a sec? just want to take a minute to just share some stuff that's, that's going on that's really, really cool. For many of you that have been here, um, some of you for weeks, some of you for months, um, I, just want to, I just want you to know how your lives are being used by God. God's given us a, a picture in our mind, and the picture in our mind is a picture of the body of Christ and of, of people that follow God to learn how to connect with one another and to learn how to live together and to learn how to do what God wants us to do. And one of the ways that we have begun to connect with the body of Christ at large, there's lots of ways, but one of the ways is that we've begun to purposely and intentionally look for other ministries that, that we feel a connection with, that we could support, that we could partner with, and we could be a part of, and they could be a part of us. Last month, if you were here, you know that we sponsored the 118 Center. And I just want to thank you guys for the generous donations that we were able to bless them with. We were able to give them some computers. We were able to give them just gobs and gobs and gobs of cleaning supplies. It was just, it was just really, really cool. This month, we're going to be sponsoring some people that we don't know personally. We're going to be sponsoring some little girls from Uganda, Africa. Some little girls that need clothing. And back here on this table, some information for you to, to be able to find out how you can help us. How you guys can help us by coming up with the clothing and the different things that they need. And our goal is to provide 140 dresses for these little girls that we can send over there with a girl that's going on a missions trip. Another way that we're connecting with the body of Christ is through the use of this building. Many of you guys know that on a weekly basis, we have several different ministry opportunities that are going on. On, on. on many mornings during the week, we have men's Bible studies here that come directly from the recovery groups here in town. There's some AA men that come in here and use our facility to have a Bible study, and people are finding Jesus as a result of this. Many of you know that for a long time, we've had another church that's been using this facility. On Sunday afternoons and on Friday nights, Victory Outreach has been using this church to reach out to a different group of people that they feel called to reach to. This last week, on Thursday night, we opened up our building to a third church, a Spanish-speaking service called Familia de Cristo, Family of, of God or Family of Christ. And they have begun 
holding church services here. And coming next month, we will be having a fourth church join us in this building as well. And they'll begin holding Sunday morning services here. We believe so strongly that the vision that God has given us to connect with the body of Christ starts with us. When we let go of our pride and we let go of our ego and we let go of our agenda and we let go of who's going to get the credit and we begin to let God use us as pawns in his hand and we put ourselves in God's way, God begins to connect dots. And we look at ourselves as Jesus is like the hub of a wheel and each one of us is a spoke. And as we all circle around him, he begins to complete the picture of what we all are supposed to look like. The reason I share that with you tonight is because you, whether you realize it or not, are helping God complete his plan. When you come here on Saturday nights, there are people in this room right now that um, if if we were to take a poll, they've never been to church before. There are people in this room here tonight who have gone to church more years than I've been alive. And we've got everybody in between, all represented in this room here tonight. The most beautiful thing about that is that everybody has a seat here. The most beautiful thing about that is that everybody has a way in this place to be able to connect with God right where they're at. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to speak a certain language. You don't know how the, how, no, have to know the rules of the game. You just have to come through the doors and let God be in contact with you. People, that's amazing. Because the grace of God is non-discriminatory. The love of God does not matter what you look like or what your history is or what your story or what you bring with you tonight. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that that is just the God that we get to know? It's a God that takes us as we are. We believe that that is what God is doing here. And we're very, very excited that we get to partner with God in facilitating the the great vision that God has. And so tonight... As we end this time together of worshiping God and of just opening our hearts up to him, I'm going to ask you to do something that we normally don't do here on a Saturday night. But I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we're going to pray together. Because tonight is a night of worship, and there is no greater act of worship than to bring our requests before God and to connect with him through the medium of prayer. And as we go on through the next several months, we're going to learn to discover prayer in a more deep way. We've begun having prayer before our Saturday night services here. And if that is on your heart that you feel that you would like to partner with us in praying for the ministry of Gravity Church and all of the different ministries that are taking place in this building on a weekly basis, then I invite you to come next Saturday night early so that you can be with us in prayer and so that you can help us help God do what he wants to do. So would you stand with me tonight? Listening to gravitychurch.com.